0: or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, both underscore MOV, number two, L-I-V. We're excited to bring you these interviews, and we think you'll enjoy each and every one that we bring you. Moving to Live and our sister podcast believe that movement should be treated as a lifestyle, not just an activity. Moving to Live brings you interviews with a wide variety of movement professionals, Our goal is to break down knowledge silos and bring you information about moving better, moving more frequently, and moving in different ways. If you like what you hear, leave us some feedback via Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're listening to. If you have an idea for a guest, drop us an email. Today's guest comes compliments of an introduction by Joe Bauer of the All Around Joe podcast. Check that out for another interesting podcast. Our guest today is a doctor of chiropractic medicine. In addition, she works as a CrossFit gym owner and as a CrossFit competitor. She's somebody who really takes to heart the ethos of moving to live, that movement is part of what makes your life complete. In this upcoming part one of the interview, we're going to find how she went from being a high school athlete in multiple sports to what she does today as a doctor of chiropractic medicine, a gym owner, and a competitor. And a lifetime mover. I think you'll enjoy it. Today, we are here with part one of an interview with a chiropractic physician, Dr. Carla Wolford from Moorhead, Minnesota. She has a little bit of an interesting story, I think, from chatting with her for a few minutes before I convinced her to appear on the podcast and she's also involved in is the owner of a CrossFit gym and is a CrossFit competitor. So, Dr. Wolford, thanks for taking time during your lunch hour to talk to Moving to Live.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I always start the Moving to Live interviews by asking people, to tell me what's their elevator spiel or 30 minute or not 30 minute, 30 second speech. So if you see somebody and you're wearing an elevate human performance CrossFit or elevate human performance, your chiropractic practice uh, shirt, and somebody says, what do you do? What's your spiel where you explain to them, this is what I do, and possibly get them as either a client or a patient.
1: Well, uh, in a world where upwards to 80% of people are overweight and unfit. We define uh, that at Elevate Human Potential. So whether you're looking for exercise, fitness, nutrition, or whole body care, we offer that for you. Uh, We don't limit your care via your insurance. We literally go and work and treat the person. And that's what we do at EHP.
0: And how long has EHP been open?
1: Uh, Just over four years.
0: And I'm sure there's an interesting story about how you came to this point, and we always like to start at the beginning. So when you were growing up, I understand from reading your bio, you are a Minnesota native. So when you were growing up, were you active as a kid, possibly as a cross-country skier or some sort of uh, indoor team sports?
1: <laughs> you know, I wish I cross-country skied when I was younger, but uh, I was involved in all sorts of activities and sports and wanted to literally be in everything. Uh, I wanted to be good at everything and I think that's why CrossFit suits me so well because it's so many different things but uh, in high school I played volleyball, basketball and track and then I played club softball in the summer uh, but before that I danced, I did baton, I just, I just loved being active. I uh, fast forward in my life, I actually a couple years ago found out I actually have ADHD, I'm just not hyperactive. And so the activity actually helps me focus. And so I don't like to sit still. I like to move, and that actually helps my brain function a lot better. So um, after high school, I went to college at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, and it was a really good default school. I had plans to go play basketball at a bigger school, and I just didn't didn't like the ones I went to look at. So. Um, they had a really good pre-med program and graduated from there. I played volleyball and basketball, and I did track for a year as well. And got really involved in a lot of their uh, like study abroad type programs, and I studied abroad as well. So get rid of that. And fast forward, I went to grad school at uh, Palmer West in San Jose, California. And I really liked their sports medicine, sports chiropractic track. I went and visited like six different schools and that was the one that impressed me the most. Their sports council was super active and I said, this is where I need to be. Uh, my parents didn't love that part about me moving to the West Coast, but uh, I definitely, I'm super happy of the choice that I made there. And... Um, yeah, I, I was able to go um, do a residency uh, at uh, down in Temple, Texas, at the VA hospital down there. And then I finished up my preceptorship in Vail, Colorado. And uh, yeah, I in the meantime, I guess, while I was finishing up my doctorate, I went back and did my master's in sports science and rehabilitation and liked to with that, figure out how do I bridge rehab to performance? And that was my big project. And I uh, did that as a strength coach at the University of Colorado. And when I finished that up, a lot of my classmates were wanting to be in hospitals, but I already did that. So I thought, you know, what happens with these higher level athletes, like we take them out of chiropractic or PT, and we just we bring them to a level where you are say, hey, like you've met your activities of daily living. Well, that's great, and that's where insurance stops paying, but these people want to perform. So their ADLs are not like everybody else's ADLs, and I wanted to be able to understand that better. So I was fortunate enough to do that at Colorado.
0: I'm curious when you were growing up, were your parents or your family also active or was it more along the lines of, oh, you want to try all these different activities, go ahead, we'll support you?
1: You know, my parents were both really active in high school and played lots of high school sports and they were very good at them. And my dad actually played uh, football and basketball in college. And in my hometown, it's interesting, it's a smaller hometown and it's like the kids are supposed to be really active and then the adults aren't as active. Um, you know, whether it might be like a Wednesday night basketball league or volleyball league, but as far as like all around fitness, that's finally just kind of hitting that, uh, my smaller town, which I'm really glad it is. Um, but it, it really wasn't a thing that was stressed in my whole community. And so they were super active when they were younger and, and they liked being active with me. Uh, but as far as, you know, the regular gym goers and, they weren't they weren't like that but they loved playing stuff with me
0: and i know from reading your bio you've participated in crossfit at quite a high level but you also mentioned a few minutes ago that you were potentially looking in high school of going and playing basketball at division 1 and none of those schools really fetched your needs and you liked it so you go to another school you play a multitude of sports was there okay. at some level where you realized I'm not going to be able to go to the next level of any one of these sports, whether to be to continue to participate and maybe make it to the Olympics or if it's in the case of something like basketball or track and field where you can play professionally uh, with basketball overseas and make a significant amount of money or in track and field, you could be an air quotes amateur and still make money as a competitor.
1: You know, let's, let's rephrase. I, I was looking at D2 schools, never a D1. I'm, I'm five seven. So I'm a little, uh, I'd be a little shorty, but, um, I guess I was fortunate enough to play AAU with a bunch of girls that went D1. So I, you know, I like to say that I helped contribute to their, their paths, but I guess I never really looked to, I I wasn't really looking to play a sport beyond college. I had kind of thought that's where it ended. Um, I, I mean, I had a realistic goal. I liked doing lots of things. Um, I wish I would have stuck with and tried the heptathlon in college, but I just thought it was way too much work. So I apologized to my college track coaches because I pole vaulted and threw discus and triple jumped, none of which are in the heptathlon. Uh, and so I didn't I just didn't think I'd be good enough. And now I wish that I would have put four years into actually uh, getting better at that. But, you know, hindsight. Um, and so I, I never really looked... At sports as a means of a profession. I looked at them as a portal to vent and to um, use my body and also help cultivate what my brain can do. And so I definitely wanted to put, uh, when I was 18, I was like, I'm going to pick this school because of basketball. And hindsight, I'm super happy that I picked a school that was incredibly, um, had incredibly high level of education. Their pre-med track graduates, I think 99% get accepted into pre-professional schools. So it's pretty intense, I will say. Uh, I actually just, uh, I'm a mentor to a girl who's in a pre-professional medical track there. And I had lunch with her after her first semester. And I said, you know, you just hang on because your first and year or two of grad school is going to be way easier because you put the work in now. And I said, I got to grad school and I was like, oh, this is easy. And everybody else is panicking. And I I really attribute that to my undergrad.
0: So you finished your undergrad and you majored in pre-medicine. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I was actually a biology and exercise physiology major with a chem minor.
0: So how do you decide on chiropractic school from that? Because literally you could go down the line of movement and medicine and pick your graduate school that you wanted to go to. Because I know Concordia is one of those liberal arts schools where you have to take so many prereqs and core requirements that if you correctly manipulate them, essentially you can go for almost anything because you've got all the prereqs.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I actually did that. Uh, I thought right away I wanted to go into medicine. So I was uh, a biology major with a chem minor. And uh, second, second semester of my freshman year, we took a class called botany, which is the study of plants. And apparently that is not my jam. And I hated it. And I struggled and I got through it and uh, I changed. I was like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I went to exercise physiology. But when we were looking for classes, uh, all the kids that were my age, um, all those classes were full. So my sophomore year, I had to take all the senior level courses. And when I started doing that, I realized, okay, maybe this is too easy for me. (laughs) So then I got this wild idea, like, why don't I just do both? Because um, uh, that's just kind of where I ended up. And I guess I had advisors that supported my craziness in wanting to do all of that. And I I did the same thing in high school, too. I actually petitioned to get out of a super easy class so I could take upper level physics and advanced anatomy physiology. That's just I had to kind of beg my small school to let me do that. (laughs) But I really like learning on things that are going to help convey for the future.
0: It sounds like we were similar in our thoughts of plant biology. My first biology class in college (laughs) was plant biology, and I hated it. And I knew I'd have to take at least another two classes. So I changed to physical education, allied health major.
1: (laughs) I don't think you were the only one. I think a lot of people went through that.
0: So you graduate from college. You've got all these potentials. What was the decision to go to chiropractic? What made you pick chiropractic as opposed to MD, osteopathic medicine, or a graduate program in exercise science? Had you had experience with chiropractic care?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had I had experience with all of them. I actually shadowed a lot of different professionals, and like at first, I thought I'm just going to be an MD. And actually, uh, one of our professors, we did uh, hormone replacement therapy studies on rats, and we did surgeries. And he would actually tell us if we have really good hands, like he'd actually try and say like you'd be really good in like dental or surgical or trying to help us. And he was a great um, advisor in that role, and I was really good at that and um at that point i had gone back for a spring break and i was had we were off of basketball and i went back to my hometown chiropractor who would help me through a, a number of different things and i literally just hadn't really given that much thought uh but i went back and saw him and i'm like okay he's super happy he gets to work on the whole body people aren't going to him because they want just medication, they actually want to make a real lasting change. And so for me, that was kind of like, huh, this might be something that's really worth going into. And at the same time, my dad's one of my dad's friends from high school, who's a chiropractor had sent me this magazine about chiropractors who had gone and basically helped with the Olympics. And I thought, okay, um, I've always wanted, I've always loved the Olympic movement and what it stands for and bringing cultures together. And like you said, like I wasn't going to be an Olympic athlete, but this was one way where I could make an impact for all those other people chasing their dreams and bringing the world together in a totally different way. So that's, that's the path I chose.
0: And you mentioned you looked at a number of different chiropractic schools. One of the purposes of moving to live is to break down those knowledge silos. And we've had interviewed osteopaths, uh, MDs. We've not yet interviewed a chiropractic physician. What are the differences between chiropractic schools? I mean, why do you pick, why would one pick one over the other? I know some in some cases with uh, medical schools, you pick it because of the professors or because of what they specialize in. Or possibly because it's the only one you get into. Is it similar in chiropractic schools?
1: Yeah, and the when I was applying, there were 16 schools, and now there's got to be over 20 because there's a, a couple new ones that have popped up. Um, you know, with chiropractic schools, you need the prerequisites very similar to pre med. Some schools in some states say you have to have a bachelor's degree, and some say you don't. But you're literally like. Two or three credits short, so I don't know why you you wouldn't get one. We had one one kid in my class, and he had come from the military, and so he was the only person in our class that didn't like didn't have a bachelor's. Um, but you pretty much have to finish your tracks in order to get into a school, and yeah, I mean the application process is very similar. Um, the credit hours that we take in chiropractic school, actually, there was a study that came out. Um, Minus like the residency, we are we actually have more in-class hours than like a medical school program. Uh, And the school I went to actually had more than that. So we were super lucky. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's like geography, like, hey, where's this school at? Um, I'm back here in Minnesota now. And one of the reasons I wanted to go away from here was I wanted a different viewpoint. And uh, where I went at Palmer West was super evidence-based and uh, not very theory-based. I mean, we all learn our general principles and our hardcore sciences, but um, some of the other Palmer, the other Palmer school in Davenport is a little bit more theory-based where we're very evidence-based. So the, uh, nobody wanted to come speak at our school because if you didn't have anything to back yourself up with, the students were pretty brutal. Uh, and I didn't really understand that till I went to some other places and where it was at different seminars. But, uh, I really went out there because I really liked that aspect of it. They were hands on day one, um, where another school I looked like, they literally was like nine months of learning before you put your hands on anybody. And I'm like, you know, I wanted to develop that tactile feel and, um, feel for how muscles and fascia and tissue should move and glide. And um, I'm a very hands-on person. So I wanted to start that day one.
0: So you graduate from chiropractic school and you make the decision that you're going to get a master's degree too. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a um, glut- punishment.
1: I think at that point in my life, I probably was. Uh, but um, my second professional choice would have been physical therapy. And we learned a lot of sports rehab in chiropractic school. And um, mind you, like, I'm not a physical therapist. I don't, like, we didn't learn anything about how do you work in a hospital setting or at home setting or post-stroke or post-burn. I mean, I don't know any of that, but I really wanted to dive into what's the rehab like for um, sports science and rehab? Like, how do I make my athletes better? And that's just the path that I chose to go down and people move. So, (laughs) I mean, people should move. And so I really wanted to be able to better incorporate some of those principles. And so it was actually a really good uh, review of some of the exercise physiology that we did in undergrad and then kind of built off of that. So I got another really good review of all the things I learned at Concordia and then was able to kind of build off of them. And, uh, the internship was very interesting. Um, I actually applied to be a strength coach at the university of Minnesota and they didn't let anybody who wasn't a gopher come in. And so the university of Colorado accepted me and they were kind of like, you have a doctorate. Why are you wanting to do an unpaid internship here? (laughs) Um, but like I said, my project was in kind of bridging that rehab to performance and understanding the barriers that need to be, um, torn down in order for athletes to really get where they need to be and to minimize future injuries. And so I was there for about five days and I had my CSDS, which is for your listeners, a certified strength and conditioning specialist certificate. And, um, they fired somebody. And so I collected all of his teams and I was very ill prepared. And, uh, I mean, we definitely we gained some ground. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing right away, and just being given a bunch of Division One teams. Um, I mean, I, in all honesty, I was as good of a replacement as they could have gotten in that moment. And I learned a ton, and I'm super grateful for all of my mentors there who really helped me understand a lot of sports that I didn't necessarily have a full grasp on how to train at elite, at an elite level. So, did a lot of research. And a lot of my nose, my nose was in a lot of books to write all their programming because everything was gone. So, um, I got a chance to work with so many of their athletes and their um, different sports. So it was a great
0: semester. I'm curious, was there ever any thought when you were doing that, that maybe I'll keep the uh, doctorate of chiropractic, but become a strength coach and use that in addition to it?
1: Yeah. Uh there I definitely there's certain aspects of it that I like really, really loved. Um the hard hardest part I think if I would have gone that direction is you are there at like 5 30 in the morning and you, you don't leave till 8 30 or 9 at night. And that's just not quite the, the life or the hours that I wanted. And it's you know it's a really cool setting and it's something I definitely think I could have done for a couple of years. Um, but I was ready to use my treatment skills at that point uh, after my internship.
0: And I'm curious, while you're doing all this schooling and then getting essentially thrown into the fire as a Division One strength coach, what was your activity like? Because you come from a very regimented uh, college environment where you're probably, from what you've described, have a sport three seasons out of the school year. And then in the summer, you're either preparing or doing something else. And there are some people who just love that. And when they finish their college career, they find something else, which clearly you have with CrossFit. Other people find triathlons or running or things like that. And others just say, well, I'm done. I'm never going to do it again, because I'm just too regimented. I've been there. I've done that. I'm going to coach it. I'm going to teach it. But I'm never going to be that high level athlete, even if you're a high level amateur. So what were you doing during all the schooling, if anything? Uh,
1: When I first went to grad school, I think most of it was just trying to figure out how do I survive in this world. And uh, after I was done with sports, I kind of was like, I'm over it. Like I didn't really want to train so hard anymore. And when I got to California, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of missing something. So I started running, which by the way, I'm not a runner. I hate running, but I do it in, in stride. Um, I started running and I would do 10Ks and half marathons. And then I joined our school's triathlon team which was a big eye-opener for me. Um, my first triathlon was in Berkeley, California, and it, they taught it as the, like the world's toughest try. And uh, myself and a, a classmate who, by the way, she was an Olympic speed skater, so she'd had some competition under her belt as well. Uh, we go to Berkeley and all these big schools are there and they take the top two from each team and you're in, you're in, the, you're in the top heat. Well, we only had two girls, so we were automatically in that heat. Well, we get into the pool and you have to swim like laps around it. So people are swimming on top of you and we have like all these all American swimmers in our heat and it just was so not fair. <laughs> um, and we climbed up. I mean, there's a lot of climbing and the biking. Like I literally got my bike two weeks before that. And I mean, I survived and uh, I survived to do another try and actually got pretty good at them. And worked my way up to running a marathon and I did a half Ironman and I I honestly thought I would do the full thing. And at that point I was like, I'm over it. I just, I just was ready to be done or have a break. And, um, then my first couple years of practice, I did a lot of like kind of hit training or I got treated a bunch of, um, MMA fighters. So I did not understand that sport at all. And so I started taking up uh, boxing and Muay Thai, and I just never figured out the jujitsu part. I just was not good at that, but I did the other two. Um, So I did a lot of that, and uh, one of my jobs took me out to Colorado, and that's where I found CrossFit. Um, And I hadn't really been a serious competitor, like, leading up to that, and I did not join CrossFit to compete. I was actually scared out of my mind to do it. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the OptiJump, but it's a um, gait analysis performance analysis uh, device that's used at like Nike and all the Olympic training centers. But I went to do testing on some CrossFit athletes because I was curious and I was trying to network. And they said, you can come test our athletes if you come to CrossFit for two weeks. And I was like, ah... No. <laughs> I had just run a marathon. I'm good. Um, and then I see this little girl who's like, she's not little, she's a smaller woman and she's like five feet tall, 120 pounds. And she's whipping these weights around that I, they're over my one rep max. And I was like, what is up with this? Um, so I got started and, and honestly, there was a team like atmosphere there that I had been missing and I didn't even know I was missing it. And, um, I was like, man, I really love this. And, um, my job at that point was kind of, I just didn't love exactly what I was doing there. So, um, I moved to Colorado or I moved to Seattle and of course like had to find a CrossFit right away. Um, and I, I did, and that one wasn't quite the CrossFit for me. And we were doing some rock taping events at another one. And, uh, a gym owner asked me, Hey, how much do you back squat? <laughs> And I told him, which wasn't very much at that point. And he's like, Hey, we're trying to get a team to go to this regional thing. You want to come train with us? And I didn't, I didn't know what regionals were. I was like completely clueless, but I was like, Hey, I'll give it a try. Um, and so they literally kind of encouraged me and kind of, they helped build me into the CrossFit athlete I am today. So the proper training and nutrition, definitely. Um, and recovery, I, I, I've gained, I gained a lot of knowledge through that.
0: We're talking with Dr. Carla Wolford. She is a chiropractic physician and the owner of a CrossFit gym. She's kind of told us her path. We're going to come back in two weeks and find out how she made the decision to open her own facility, find out a little bit more about uh, what CrossFit is because I know many people have the background that they see what gets thrown up on the TV every July or August and go, that's crazy or that's something I could never do. And also find out a a little bit more about chiropractic care. So Dr. Wolford, I want to thank you for talking to Moving to Live for part one. I'm looking forward to talking to you in part two of the interview and finding more about your philosophy of essentially making people move more. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Moving to Live. Make sure you check out the show notes for contact information for our latest guest, as well as links about all the things we talked about. Intro and exit music is Traveling Light by Jason Shaw. You can subscribe to Moving to Live on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and be notified about new episode releases. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram, both, underscore, MOV, number two, L-I-V. Please tell your friends about Moving to Live. It's a go-to place for information for movement and exercise professionals and amateur aficionados who understand that movement is part of what makes your life complete. Until next week, keep on moving.